0: I'm Jakob Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about always-on connectivity. We're chatting about what typically goes wrong with connectivity, what can be uh, done to ensure better availability, and what can be done for your work-from-home team. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of um, what you can do to aim for always-on business connectivity. I'm joined by Kertesh Ronald from Fusion Broadband. Guys, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Jakub. Glad you, we Jaco. could uh, be here. So we always start the show by just giving us a little bit of a background of how, how long have you been in the industry, how did you end up here, but if you look like me. The hair is a bit grayer. Yeah. So. No,
1: no, it's been, it's been a long road. And, and if you give me that uh, introduction, we could be here for an hour. <laughs> but essentially, I'm a numbers guy, finance background. Uh, early on in my career, I got exposed to valuations due diligence of telecoms companies in South Africa, Cameroon, Kenya. Um, got a taste for it, then got involved in telecoms through, uh, Vodacom and their franchise base and, and grew a business there. And then Ronald and I met, and I always knew connectivity would be an important thing going forward, and Ronald and I then then met, and Fusion was essentially, essentially bond, so I, I I knew the value that one day one connection to one customer was never going to be good enough. And I think it's taken a bit of time to, to convince people of that, but here we are, uh, and I think the time is right for us to talk connectivity and the challenges going
0: forward and it was so interesting uh, ronald i'm going to give you a chance now um it was so interesting yesterday um when i was applying my mind to the show and prepping um that you no know, there's so we've had so many episodes on connectivity and 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 everything just comes back to it we we it's almost like we literally just cannot get away from it it's such a critical portion of of every business existence now that, um so i think uh, i'm looking forward to interesting uh conversation Ronald yes so i
2: um, graduated from martis and my first job was for the railways as a programmer on the mainframe doing uh, sql um, with cobol and embedded um it uh, would using embedded sql and uh, something called job control language and so that was where i started and i didn't at that stage um, realize the journey that I'd take to be totally away from mainframes and programming and get into network and connectivity, which was where I am. I moved into that when the first time I encountered Novell Network. And when I oh, encountered Novell Network, I what was... Was that l- late 90s or...? Correct. And when when I was... When I encountered that, I was hooked on networking and I've always been hooked on networking ever since then. It used to be known as the Big Red we had the big blue, which was the main flame, and then the big red came along, which was the land.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, that's... that's it's, isn't. And, wrong, and then I met you when you were at
2: iBurst. Correct. I worked at iBurst, and I helped build the RP network there. It was uh, known as WBS, yes. and it had it had two entities in it called um, iBurst and Broadlink. And Broadlink was one of the first big... Um, Wireless networks in South Africa, and it utilized the iBurst backhauls to create a business network for business people that was wireless based
0: yeah, I remember those days that was uh yeah very exciting and interesting days. so let's get straight into it so um when we talk about the importance of connectivity and um I always refer to it as sort of the umbilical cord into into the customer. Um, how would you describe what is the current state of connectivity in South Africa? Um, and I, and I think maybe we can maybe talk about, uh, I, I initially framed it as a around fiber, but I think we need to talk about wireless as well, because um, there are sort of two of those types of streams. And in maybe wireless, we can talk about fixed wireless and in and in GSM. And part of the reason why um, I'm asking, I, I, I want to just sort of get a view on that um is um I've spoken about this previously where I live in in Waterfall there's a there's a tech group there and um the other day uh somebody posted there why is it when there's load shedding um that my mobile connection becomes so slow or, yeah. or
1: so so I'm gonna start that because Ronald is, as you can see from his background, an expert in, in connectivity essentially from the ground up and as these technologies have come. And it's probably deep knowledge and knows the in and out. But I'm that user, that uh, person. And it's amazing um, that so many people, and they can be executives, they can be technology people, they can be anybody in the walk of life, doesn't really have an idea how connectivity really works. I mean, I think the mobile industry has done a significant job in promoting the LTE product and and you simply just buy it, plug it in, it works and that's as far as the knowledge has really gone and i think that's a very very good question how, uh, around connectivity and i've been very surprised now that i've been with ronald and i've learned one or two things and it, it's very dangerous when an accountant's learned one or two yeah. things uh- and and i've regained to see see that that what is the difference between lte fixed wireless and i've heard there's two streams licensed unlicensed and then then you're getting the the fiber so so i'm the user who just thinks you just plug these things in and they work and You've been you've been brainwashed in the last few years that fiber is the most reliable thing. Got to have that. It's like a gold rush. Everybody got got sort of fiber, uh, and then all of a sudden I'm starting to hear well in the middle there could be this thing called fixed wireless. All of a sudden, and in the old days. It used to be microwave. It took me a while to put the link that they were actually talking about microwave. But, but anyway, in my early auditing days... I, we, we love our jargon. You know. Exactly. So I used to, I was actually advisor to EasyTel when, when, when the second network operator was being formed. And, oh, yes. and they were talking microwave. So I knew all about microwave. Forgot about it. And Ronald keeps saying fixed wireless, fixed wireless. And it took me a long while. But essentially, I'm that person. Even now, people sitting at home and have that question because they automatically assume, I plug it in, it is reliable. And if it, go, it breaks down, it gets it gets repaired fast. And I think that that is now not the case because now we're
2: focused on it. But Ronald, yes. So in in the current state of of connectivity in South Africa is, depending upon which market you look at. So firstly, in the consumer market, the pandemic has been absolutely great for um, the consumer fiber market. And I would probably say that if we didn't have the pandemic. The consumer market wouldn't be as mature now as it would have been because when everybody went home, the first thing that they did um, once they realized that they're going to be at home for a while was to get in a fiber link, Mm. and that industry just boomed. Now, unluckily, business fiber is still stuck in 2018 and hasn't moved forward. People are just uh, stagnant in there, and they haven't had all of the great – ideas and motivation to make business fiber attractive for business since 2018. Only now there is a sudden realization that people are going to go back to business and all the people that go back home, uh, back from home to business are saying, well, you know, my connectivity at my home is better than the office. Why is that? Yeah, we hear that. Correct. And uh, it it is a natural thing because the actual focus on improving business fiber has not been there.
0: And so the other thing... But, but why is that? Is it a lot of that is based on, on trying to maintain certain uh, pricing levels?
2: Correct. It is around... Uh, well, most providers um, see business connectivity as a cash cow and they don't necessarily see that it's come to a level of a utility where you need to compete against people and you're not guaranteed the business. I still encounter often where you've got office parks that have got this uh, closed relationship with a single service Mm. provider where the prices are elevated and the tenant inside there cannot go to somebody externally and say, give me connectivity. So they're forced into a very expensive product, which is in nowhere comparable to a consumer product which and he, is better and faster. Yeah. So what does that guy do? He either just says, okay, I'm in for this and I actually buy an expensive business product. Or he say he's a smaller guy, he can't afford it. What's he going to do? He's going to buy a 4G or a 5G router, put it on his desk and use that even though there might be fiber available for him to use. He's not going to use it because of the price. Mm. He's rather going to buy a 5G because in his mind it's sold as having... The same type of connectivity um, as as fiber. The 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 other thing is that 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 um, fiber, as it's come in, it is a great product because it's got very low latency. But often that low latency masks the problems about packet loss and things that you don't actually realize that are actually happening on it and degrading the experience because it's sort of like is. Uh, you only realize that you've got a fiber problem when you're trying to get to something in London or America, and you pick up your performance problems. So, um, with 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 uh, wireless, it's a different thing. Any bit of packet loss, you immediately notice. So, so the uh-huh. one thing that Ronald's picked, which I found
1: particularly strange, I'm an accountant, right? So, mm-hmm. finance is obviously something we'll hone in. I realize that a lot of businesses perceive that they are paying a lot of money for the business connection, essentially. And they, are, and barely for that, there's a belief that the SLAs are in place. And if their fiber goes down, I'm paying thousands for this link. And if my fiber goes down, the ISP is going to react very quickly and I'm going to be you know, connected up. What we found on the other side is that, that is, when that happens in the current situation, the response is not there anymore. Mm. A lot of businesses paying for very expensive fiber lines, effectively, When they have an event, all of a sudden, the response in terms of repair is a lot longer. It's no longer taking hours, it's taking days. So I think, I think there's now a change effectively happening. Why am I now paying so much with this belief that I have an SLA, that I believe that it's going to be repaired quick, that I have a premium customer, and if anything happens, you know, I'll be sorted out first. Uh, I think that's also changing. I think a lot of areas of Joburg, Fiber is actually down, and it's taking days for repair. I mean, that's the experience we're seeing, and we're getting it from the other side because customers. I get to a point, you will survive a day or two, but when you get to a point saying, "Wait, wait a second, what do I do now?" I've actually been down, stunning. Because what happens operationally, you can sort of say, "I can few hours fine," but operationally, it turns
0: into a revenue and a financial loss. But but uh, something that, you, that you're speaking about, Dana, you know, it's it's actually quite interesting to me because I mean that's obviously part of where we spend a lot of where i spend a lot of my time um and and uh you you referred to to this pandemic for me um post-pandemic it's almost like all all of the customers are are perpetually dissatisfied or not sure about what they're getting um and i I was chatting to a guy that um, was um there in early days when when internet solutions which was the the flagship Business provider in the in the country, and you know when they when they sign up a big corporate customer you 'd have a service manager and account manager and this and that that went with it to to ensure a certain level of service and and as prices have come down you know you need to you need to cut costs because the you you need to respond to that so this um, and I always say if you look at the 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 cost of your of your connectivity uh, comparative to the overall expenses of the company. It's a, it's maybe two percent or something like that. But I think you articulated it so beautifully for me. There's this expectation that um yeah I'm paying too much and it must just work and it must just be the best thing. And I don't I don't care if it's a um a, you know, fibre break or load shedding or whatever. I'm paying you, so therefore, therefore it must it, it must work.
1: Yeah, wheels so, must roll. As soon as that happens, you should know, and you should
0: be fixing it before I even know. Correct, correct. Uh, and I, I, and it's interesting. I think um, about two weeks ago. So, um, uh, and and again, there's there's almost like this disconnect between, uh, as a as an individual user with my mobile. When there's load cheating, I can I, I can relate to it, and I can see on my phone. Okay, it's not LTE anymore; it's dropped down, and I know. And my phones, my phone calls probably won't connect. And then we have some business customers that's got a, a LTE backup product, and they say, "Oh, but uh, the, the LTE doesn't work when there's load shedding And I go, "Okay, well, so if you look at <clears throat> Vodacom, two weeks ago, I think um, they they did the results presentation, and I think they said now with load shedding, I think." about a third of their network is, is down at any point in time. So so it's almost like there's a disconnect between what users expect and um but let's let's um let's go so so Ronald we spoke about this flagship fiber product and expectation. Um what are the major causes of, of fiber breaks or, or, or service outages? Um because I think maybe part of our Part of the that perception problem is is is, is we are the 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 fiber to such a degree that a uh, 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 customer thinks once it's installed it's just it's just never going to break.
2: Look, the f- fiber is a, a is is a plant effectively, and it needs maintenance and needs to be looked after. It's not a product that you put in the ground and forget about, and it's going to run for a hundred years and you don't have to look after it. The issue is that how a lot of these rollouts have happened. Um, multiple fiber providers are in the same conduit, di- going down the same street, and it includes power and water. So, what effectively happens, and I brought along a brick. I wanted to ask you now. I hope you're not going to hoy me with that. <laughs> so, the other day at the in, in our suburb, we we I saw that the internet went down. Um, I've got two fiber services there, but only the one went down, and everybody who in our suburb only has that provider was complaining. So I went to go and look at the where the the break was, and I encountered Johannesburg Water digging up the um, pipe to repair it. Now the problem is, as soon as Johannesburg Water comes with that backhoe, they dig up the you expose the pipe, but on top of that pipe runs either OpenServe Dark Fiber Africa or Vumital and that gets dug up and taken out. And so you've got like five meters of fiber cable that's been pulled out, broken and on the side of the road. Mm. So when I went to go and chat to this guy, I asked him now why did the why did the water pipe um break? And he he, he took out and he said no, it was because of this, and he took out two bricks. And here I've got a brick, and you can see how the water has worn it out, and it's very smooth. It's like nearly like a river, a river rock. Yeah, it's, yeah. And what the what I gathered is that contractors, when they are repairing a fault, to get business and reoccurring business on reoccurring faults, they put bricks into the water pipe, and then they close it up, and then that brick will cause a. Um, pressure point or a break somewhere further down the line which the guys can come back later and get repaired and get paid for. So there's like this mafia type of um, of, of thing that exists within the um, repair business for water where they get repeat business from um, faults that are always c- occurring in the same area. And the easiest way to generate those faults is to put bricks in the pipe.
0: And then um, I assume load shedding uh, has to play a role
2: as well? Correct. Load shedding is, is a problem for fiber as well. The problem that it causes is that fiber, although it's passive in most cases, it goes to what's called a pop, which is where all the fiber in the area concentrates to. And there, there's active equipment that needs electrical power to stay up. Now, typically you will not utilize a, um, set of batteries there because your batteries don't take that quantity of uh, load over an extended time period of four hours or maybe more four hours. So they've got generators there. The thing is, with generators, it needs fuel and you need fuel management. Mm. So, Load shedding was always considered as a crisis, so things were done as quickly as possible. They went and put down a generator, there's fuel, and then only afterwards they said, how do we manage the fuel problem? So often when the fiber goes down during load shedding, it's because the generators run out of fuel. And the person who's looking after that pop doesn't have IoT devices to say, what is the fuel level? Go out and look at the fuel level um, when you get a notification that the fuel is low. So what they actually do is they actually go and look at it with an eyeball and say, oh, there's the tank level. Oh, I need fuel or I don't need fuel. But invariably, they all of these generators run out of fuel because they don't um, they don't put put in and put in those IoT devices. And, uh, and IoT when, devices are very expensive because they're something called a deep sea controller, and it's not cheap.
0: But when you talk about uh, let's say a pop or a point of presence in a in a neighbourhood, I mean if you take a uh, let's let's take Johannesburg and Pretoria as an example. I mean, there must be thousands of these pops all over Correct, the place. Correct. So I mean, just to drive around and and make sure that they fueled up. So it it is almost a, a losing battle.
1: Correct. It's not yes. really, It's only that I think Ronald, you know, most of the guys. I'm from the outside, right? So Ronald educated me and drew a diagram of how does how do I get from my home as the customer to the internet. That yes. Fascinating the diagram Ronald had done. First time I'd seen the two layers. Okay, so the one stream is the infrastructure provider, which you're talking about. Yes. The other stream is actually the ISP. And the first thing I looked at Ronald, I said, Ronald, there's like 13, 14 steps that my thing has to go to be able to connect to the internet in that split second when I've Googled something. And then I realized it's very important, which most of us don't realize how many times there are various change points in this Journey to the internet that when I looked at this this diagram of, of of sixteen different points, you realize that is there a problem in any one of these things, the probability of failure is there, so i think I think the average person thinks I get a wire, I plug it in, you know it's gone over there it's in the street, it goes straight to the server, and i'm on the internet correct That was correct. my approach, and I think if you look at it that way and you think. Every single one in the different streams being, and I learned this term called paths because, you know, that's the way you describe it. You see a path along a fiber line, a path along a wireless, a path along an LTE. All of them have these multiple failure points. It doesn't surprise me anymore that there can be failure in any one of these things at any given time caused by load shedding, vandalism, uh, theft. I mean, South Africa is a hot pot for all these things to actually happen, and it can,
0: all of these things can happen in one neighborhood. Um, and that leads to my next question. But I mean, on that note, uh, I mean, if you if we go back to your example of of the the uh, water, Joburg water that broke that that fibre, mm-hmm. uh, if you are a fibre provider, I mean, to to f- how would how would if if I if I am now the fibre provider, how would uh, how would I even find that fault? What what would typically happen there?
2: So typically, what would happen in that case with home users is they would start logging calls to the internet service provider. Then the internet service provider will know that it is not a single user problem, but multiple users because they're getting multiple calls from the same area. Then they would dispatch somebody to that area to actually go and find the actual fault.
0: And that means, uh, that means it can be uh, along any one of those 16 odd points that you, that you get to the internet. So, it takes time, and then, we, and then when you finally find it, then you've got to see what you need to do in order to Correct. to repatch it. So,
2: And you might not have the necessary um, equipment for that particular fault there, and then it needs to be dispatched from the store. And if it's not in the store, you've got a bigger problem.
0: And then if it's on a weekend and the store's closed and... Anyway, yeah. Um. Okay. So, so, so Kitesh, let's go, let's go back to the accounting side of things now, because uh, as a, as a as the the person watching the money, um, I think what what we've highlighted is that it's very complicated. It's difficult to run a network. Customers are, have high expectations. So, from a business's perspective, it doesn't help that we just point out what all the potential problems are. Correct. So, so, um what what, do, what does the typical approach need to be from a business perspective then in terms of in terms of mitigating all of these issues look, I think the first realization that
1: a business needs to have is any business with one single connection, your probability of failure is big that 's the first first uh, that this idea that I have won all bells and whistles connectivity
0: so anybody that comes to you and and sells you a super duper platinum SLA and tell you this service will never go down, they're lying to you.
1: Correct. It will go down. That's inevitable. I think we know in the current situation in South Africa, we've got two grave scenarios, load shedding, theft, all those various vandalism, all various things. So I think that's the first thing. The second component then is to say to yourself, well, if connectivity goes down in my business, what impact does it have on the business? Now, I believe that some businesses, there's no impact. Okay. If you and I are sitting working at home our connected goes down. We're hotspot on our cell phone. We're doing other things too. And that's fine. That I can fully understand because the financial impact is not huge. But if you're a business with some employees who are working, you can't hold hotspot on your cell phone. You cannot then provide data for everybody because then your costs will be more than having multiple connections in a business. So so then the costs run away with you. And then you can't control, well, I use my phone and therefore I'm claiming a thousand rand data. And the next person's claiming 2000 rand before you know it you're out of control in terms of your connectivity spend in that scenario. Then the question you have to ask yourself, well, what is it? What is the financial impact to my business if, if this goes down? I've got 10 employees. The salary bill is 500,000. What does an hour, two hours, three hours really cost me? That's in productivity. But that not, may, may not be the total cost because the flip side, you've got a sales team. Now, imagine if your big customer needs an order for 10 million rand and he can't get a hold of you, he can't track his order, he can't place an order, he can't do a rush – Essentially, there's a loss in revenue because of a loss in sales. So there's a sales component which could be higher than the productivity component. So once you determine a failure is going to cost my business X, Y, Z, then you can now as a financial person mitigate and say, okay, how do I guarantee that this engine keeps operating? And that's where you have to ask, where I've said, understand their different paths. Typical thing a business does. Oh, we've got connectivity problems. Uh, ISP says we must buy more bandwidth. That's not going to change that situation when they dug up your fiber. Correct. Right? Buying more bandwidth used to be the solution. Oh, no. We buy more bandwidth. We need more bandwidth. That's not the answer. The answer is having multiple paths to the internet. If anything goes wrong with any one of them, your business stays operational. Everybody keeps working. Nobody really feels. And that's where we feel business needs to go to say it may actually be more cost effective for you to have and in this case, in our case, an SD-WAN solution or a solution that's able to fuse or glue multiple connections together. I see it as a glue. They can call it whatever they want in technology. Gluing multiple connections together, creating one big pipe where you use all of them together. And this is accountants should realize. If you're buying a failover second connection that's sitting in the drawer and waiting for an event, that is actually wasteful. Because if you have three events and you paid a thousand rand a month for this backup, You've paid 36,000 rand for for three events in your year. That doesn't make financial sense in my view. Yes. What you should do is say, well, let me just spread my expense in having something that glues it all together. Get multiple parts and understand multiple parts, not three fiber connections on the same path outside that's going to be dug up. Yes. Three different parts, one in the air. Perhaps it's fixed wireless in the air that's completely separated from where fiber is. And that then gives you a sense of resilience. Look, if we have a national backup and power, all connectivity is going to go out eventually. Yeah, I think. But I think barring that situation, if you've got multiple parts, your chances of staying up are a lot longer. Matter of fact, if you spread your budget over a solution that involves that, I think the return for the business then is inevitable because everybody's operational, everybody's working. And I always say you should be be connected, if you're, especially if your competitor is not. And the solution, and here's where the thing is, people are complicated. The solution needs to be something that every business can apply without having a person looking after it. And I think technology wise, we there. We at a point where you can plug in something, have this thing working and Ronald makes it work. I, I can just talk about it, but that's the solution for a business going forward is to have the resilience built in using all the connection, in other words, if you bought fifty wireless, a fixed wireless connection and fifty fiber connection, your business would use a hundred. There's no grudge purchase or I'm paying for this thing in a drawer that I may use if there's a failure. You're actually using continuously and actually giving your staff the best possible internet connectivity experience rather than have a situation of stop start. Um and yes. There will be that customer that says he's okay with loading airtime on an LTE router. And if it goes down, he'll, but guarantee you, the day it goes down, he'll be on the golf course or somewhere else.
0: Well, I just wanted to say they, they, uh, uh they say that until the day when it goes down and then they're not happy because, uh, you, you realize you, at, at some point in time, you realize you're just spending money in a different place. Like, like, correct. That's all, all you're doing. And somehow people in that situation
1: forget about the budget. All of a sudden, the panic, We've got to keep going and then we throw money at it more than actually if you had put a solution in place would have would have actually cost the business at that point it's crisis, and the term is it's strategic this we
0: just have to deal with this and we pay for it so now um and we spoke about this uh, earlier ronald I think you you Quite eloquently explained to us other that uh, FTTH side of the of the industry uh, almost exploded during the pandemic. So the other thing that's sort of front of mind is is this cloud everything there's applications sitting in the cloud and anything from email to um, accounting packages to ERP systems or CRM or whatever you want to call it. Um. So so what is it? how do you how, how do you Uh, where does connectivity play there? Because
2: um, So in in a business, when you had a branch and you had multiple physical branches and you had a head office, many of those branches spoke to the head office. And you had things like MPLS connectivity or dedicated access or leased lines to connect all of those together. And that is how things have been gone for maybe about 20 years or so. So what the cloud has introduced is for a business to say instead of having everything on-prem, you either have what's cost-effective on-prem, but everything else that's not cost-effective to keep on-prem anymore, you move to the cloud. So what that has meant for a business is that they, although they still have physical branches, those branches have no requirement for a branch network. They just need to connect to the cloud. So as far as headquarters is concerned, they're now an isolated branch because what Mm. they are doing is they're connecting to the internet and they're connecting to the cloud. And that is how their business connectivity is turning out to be. So there's a big reliance on the cloud and less reliance on on on-prem. But the flip side to that is that you now have your total business reliance on the cloud. Previously, if the internet went down I could still access my server that was in the office and carry on working and nobody would be the wiser.
1: Hmm.
2: Now when the internet goes down, you also stop working. So when you travel through built up areas like Johannesburg and that you'll see when there are connectivity problems or when there are load shedding problems is, Many of the workers will go out onto the balcony, have a smoke. You'll go past the building. You'll see all of the employees standing outside enjoying the sunshine. That, that is the type of thing that happens now. Previously, that wouldn't happen. They'd, they'd go, oh, the server's here next to me. I can carry on working. Yes, yes. Now that doesn't happen anymore. Mm. So what a business needs to un- do and understand is that they now need to actually invest in that connectivity and make certain it's as reliable and resilient as what they can make it. And that but, shouldn't shouldn't become a single point of failure for their business.
0: If if I if I go to your to your the twenty year old example, the the one good thing about sort of having this head office is the 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 hub and spokes type Correct. scenario, is you were able to control what the users were able to do. Now I've got all of these branches all over the place, having to connect to the cloud to a to a business critical application, and then but at the same time. I can, I don't know, what's what's hot these days, TikTok or...
1: Yeah, you can abuse the connectivity effectively. And I think that is is happening. I think, I think part and parcel in many sites. I think that's why many companies have to increase their bandwidth usage. <laughs> because in the background is is abuse of connectivity and various social media
2: and other things, essentially. So, so what what has happened lately now is that privacy has become a big thing, and protocols have all become encrypted, and even the name uh, resolution service has become encrypted as well. So previously, companies would rely a lot on DNS filtering to stop people going to places they shouldn't go. So,
0: in a practical example, you could, mm. you could, uh, if anybody wanted to go to www.tiktok.com or whatever, you could yeah. just block it. Correct. Now you can't anymore
2: because the um, laptops go and get an encrypted name resolution server, and you cannot um, see how you to be, block you it anymore. Once see where it's trying to correct. So then the concept of next generation firewalls came in to try and affect that, but it's a very difficult thing to do because, um, for example, TikTok is a very difficult application to block because it's, uh, doesn't utilize, um, the name resolutions that you provided. It bootstraps itself on the program and works itself out how it's going to connect to the outside world bypassing the filters you put in place because that's what they've programmed to do. So TikTok is a very big problem with businesses because not only does it utilize bandwidth, it's also time wasting. So people are on TikTok instead of doing and delivering services to customers. So the issue around it has become more and more complex and technology now has to step up and solve that problem. And the, one of the ways that we do it is with uh, demis, dissemination of RP addresses, where we make a note of where people shouldn't shouldn't go, and in those disseminated RP addresses, we can say, okay, that that address block is TikTok. We're now going to block access to it.
0: So, and uh, it, uh, is that same that same technology, uh, Kitesha, that you spoke about earlier, where where uh, um, I've got, let's, I assume, this form of SD WAN device, yes. where I can now bind multiple forms of connectivity together. Do I use that same that same device? Because I, I assume that's the gateway to the internet. Correct. Do I use that Correct. same device? So, to, so
1: I mean, Fusion Broadband is essentially an SD WAN provider. The, we we do not provide connectivity. I mean, the connectivity is from ISP. Yeah. Let's assume wherever you are, whatever your ISP, the SDUN is a node. I'll My reference as an accountant, we think about it as a router, but it's not a router. It's a node with sophisticated software that enables you enhanced features uh, for connectivity. And one of those enhanced connectivity is to be able to plug in multiple forms of internet connections to one device. Yeah. The second being aggregating, meaning it's not failover whether once it's idly by and you all of a sudden failover, if the, prim- if the primary link fails, it aggregates. So we can then make all these various connectivity options that you put on the table work together, yeah. essentially. The next component of that, the software, was designed in Australia. And Australia is like, funny thing, Australia is like South Africa. It's a vast distance between Sydney and Perth. Between Sydney and Perth, there are hundreds of good and bad networks that get data from Perth to Sydney. And our software is developed in place to enhance getting that data through the network faster and almost fix up areas in the network where there are problems. Now that you can see the application in South Africa, because all of us are sitting in a place where we have a mix of good and bad network infrastructure, ISP, no matter what. So this software then Enables the experience to be better because it gets your data to where it needs to go faster, quicker. So the experience that you feel is an enhanced internet connectivity experience. So that's part of it. Prioritization is part of it where you can say, okay, in my business, I want to prioritize these applications. And any data going to these things will go first in, in terms of priority and quicker. And I know I'm not explaining in IT. So if my if my accounting application is sitting in the
0: cloud, I can... Yes. I
1: can Make sure that that is prioritized. Okay. In, in in and you can prioritize various other applications for a, for a business. Let's get to the next step in in the security where there's data encryption because we work on a hub and spoke type model. And and here I want to talk about security differently because people talk about firewalls, firewalls, and that's essentially preventing something getting into your network, right? Stopping something coming back. What what the Fusion SD WAN solution almost gives you a double layer. The way I see it. For example, we have got aggregators in a data center. That's like having a security fence around the estate with yes. security guards. Okay. Okay. Then in the estate is your home, your business. And then at your business, you will have one of our edge units, these routers we're talking about. That's like having a second layer. That's another fence, a wall, and an alarm in your home. So you've almost got two protection levels, and, and the journey between your site and the aggregator is essentially encrypted so that these two things will be talking to each other. Your data is not going anywhere else. It's going from one place to another. That's, that, and then data encryption. So then to go, and we have coming called threat intelligence. What happens is any threats happening in the world, our aggregator will, will amend and look out for traffic from those destinations and those servers. So it's very annoying sometimes because my wife likes to do some shopping mm-hmm. and I have a unit in my house. And every time I have to tell Ronald, Ronald, Prina says she can't get to the site. And then Ronald says, what site is she trying to get to? And it's obviously a shopping site somewhere that may be on a, on a server that has been designated a threat. And you then have to open a specific gateway to be able to do that particular purchase. But that's how it would work. It would take the latest threats in the environment and adjust for them live Remember, so in other words, you need it live because you don't want to be protected against the threats of last year. You want to know what's happening right today. And, and the fifth most important part, which you're asking about, is visibility. The one unit you'll be able to see, and this a of what your employees are doing, what's happening on your network in terms of user and bandwidth usage, down to the actual uh, cell phone. So in other words, you can look at an inventory of every connected device on a particular site from laptops, cell phones, IoT devices will all be shown in a in a nice um, visible portal. In addition to that, you also have a portal that would look at network, which is traffic analytics, Ronald. Am I saying it correctly? Traffic analytics. Yeah. Huh? That essentially then says, is my ISP performing like it should? Am I getting the bandwidth that I should be getting? Uh, and those things that Ronald keep mentioning, packet loss, I never knew what it meant. Until Ronald showed me one day that I can be connected, but somehow I'm not, my internet's not working properly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a, what's called a brownout. Brownout, yes. And apparently this happens all the time, but we don't realize it. But what Fusion is doing, we can actually see when you're having one of these occurrences of a brownout, that effectively you look at the bottom, you put your little cursor there, you see internet, you're like, oh, I'm connected to the internet. Something else is going on. This is where connectivity, the issues around connect can be identified quicker. So, so that's the fusion product in essentially one device that a company would buy, pay one price, and essentially get all these these bundle of benefits uh, to manage connectivity. Because remember, we're managing connectivity on behalf of of a business, and they and essentially they would be buying connectivity from their local supplier.
0: Okay, my second my second last question uh, in this. So I understand the branches and the business and all that type of stuff. What do I do with all of these uh, users of mine that's working at home? The the
2: home user market is a very interesting market because it is, it's, it's a big population. The problem with the solutions for connectivity for the home market is that they're limited in budget. So the home market does not necessarily want to spend large amounts of money to uh, make their connectivity reliable
0: but the but the reality the reality is, is is if as a business I'm letting my employee work from home there there is a uh, like you say there is a potential productivity loss or this or that so I, so, I so the business the business cannot look at it um as is uh, as if I'm buying internet at home for for my children to watch netflix correct i think
1: I think that's been my question this the product like ours is actually perfect for a home user. The, the barrier is, is we've always seen it as it needs to be driven by a business saying I'm providing this. And, and it's actually bigger than that. I'm a director of a number of companies, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of directors meetings had gone online and we were talking about pretty critical, sensitive business information. Yes. What most people don't realize is that routers that you have there, that you bought from Vox or whoever is going into the public internet. And I didn't know that somebody could come along and whatever, some technology, and pick up essentially my traffic that's coming out of my site. So for me, it would be the perfect product to put an edge unit in every employee's site. Essentially, what you've done is you then control the traffic between there and the the aggregator and then directly to where it needs to be delivered in a secure way. So security is a big feature, I would think, Ronald, if, for senior executives in homes. Mm. The second component is thats that, is that that product will enable that particular person then to have multiple connection types in order to be resilient and always connected. The idea of excusing someone is still happening today. I've seen it. I've been in meetings. Somebody's gone down. Excuse me. I, mean, I can know the faffing's going around. I know the cell phone has been the next target because because a completely stable computer image has become this shaky uh, guy holding up his cell phone. It's happened on the news. I think we've all seen where lights have gone off, things have happened. So I do believe that at the price point that Fusion's offering a product, it's, it, it actually has value for remote users. But it, that purchase, unfortunately, it's going to be,
0: has to be done by a corporate to say, let's put this in for security. If you're letting, if you're letting, uh, one of your, corporate users connect from from the house, uh, you're essentially opening some form of door into your... You you are correct. The problem is
2: extremely large and I'll give you an example. The latest um, hack of the United States Navy was done by home routers of members of the United States Navy. So the United States Navy got hacked by a cheap home router that the ISP had provided a guy that had outdated firmware that was never being updated and the whole security of the United States was compromised in a very simple manner mm. so it is it is a very large problem And right now, home routers are… And it's the business's
0: problem. um, It's not… The home user, like you say, if the power goes out, they go outside in the sun and smoke or whatever. Correct. But as the business, it's your problem. It's it's your… So one of
1: the benefits, remember the visibility tool I said to you where you can see the network and you see the performance and you can see all the… Anybody who manages that business network, our product actually empowers them to then have a look at connectivity at every one of the employees' sites. so you will know if there's an issue employee keeps complaining that my area's gone down, you would have complete visibility of that. The it doesn't have to tell you you'd be able to see what's happened on the site is it being what do we need to do? So I think the visibility tool, anybody who manages a large network of employees Ronald the product will definitely reduce support costs and, and empower them to actually
0: identify problems at mm. the individual site. What's that, that saying, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it? Absolutely. Mm. Okay, last question. Um. I always We always end the show by saying, okay, like, right, how do we make it real? So if I'm a business owner that sat and listened to this, we, what do I do? So uh,
2: as, as a business owner, if you've sat and listened to this, You need to actually um, become more agnostic about your connectivity and decide that you are going to buy from multiple service providers and not a single service provider and have the expectation that a single service provider is going to satisfy all your needs. Once you've taken that step, you've got to then decide, I need a particular solution that's going to solve my connectivity and reliability problems. And then you need to go and look and investigate what is going to be the most appropriate SD WAN solution for your business. So there are multiple SD WAN providers out there. We specialize in the last mile solution. Um, but if you're in a, Different environment you might need and a different type of business that you're like in the middle of a huge campus network. We might not be the most appropriate solution for that and you might look at something else.
1: So I'm going to be a little more forthright to Ronald. I'm going to say go to www.fusionsdwan.co.za. We are one of those providers that Ronald is talking about and we can definitely assist. I mean, a lot more um out there, but Fusion SD-WAN has been designed For a business that doesn't need online uh, or on-site technical staff to operate, it's designed to literally put down, add power, add your connections, you're good to go, and it's at a fixed price, no contracts. uh, And really, because we we, and the reason we don't have contracts because we believe that you will find benefit from from the second connection that you add.
0: Okay, excellent. Thank you very much. This was—I uh, felt like we need—we needed another hour. Absolutely, <laughs> but, uh, I think we'll we'll definitely circle back to this. I really enjoyed this conversation. Well, thank you very much. It's thank great you. for us to be. Thanks here. a lot to be here. Thanks for listening to Unbundled. Brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Glyph Central Apple website, and for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple. Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And um if you're looking for help f- with communications tools in your business, please visit catalytic.io
1: central.com.